0: It's time for the phenology show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And we, speaking of climate, have had a, a pretty interesting week uh, uh, a week ago on Wednesday. I had uh, a high of almost 29, well, yeah, 29 degrees. And then I had uh, some a real crash. And starting on Friday, uh, we were down in the lows. I think I had a high about uh, 5, 6 degrees on Friday. Uh, Saturday, a high of about 5. And then Sunday, I had a high of 2 below. And uh, yesterday, a high of 2 below. And we'll see what we get for today. But I've had lows down in the minus 15 range So first time this winter where I've had really strong negative temperatures, uh, it's been a very, very mild winter. December was unbelievable. I did not have a below zero temperature in December. I had one late in November and the next one came in early January. In between, no below zero temperatures. I had five days in the middle of of December, from the 21st to the 25th or 6th where I had uh, high temperatures in the th- above 32 and lows above 32. So it was a, a really mild month, December, and January is turning out to be closer to average, but really the temperatures we're experiencing are not nearly what one would expect for this time of year. Typically uh, it is, I'll, some of the coldest weather of the year occurs in the middle of January from about the, the 10th to about the 30th of the month. That last 20 days, the temperature can be pretty bitter and historically the coldest day of the year is the 25th of January. My brother's birthday. It is, uh, if you look back over the past, 75 to 100 years that day comes up more than any other as the coldest day of the year so we have still to experience that and tornado bob is going to be talking to us about the weather uh looking out 10 days or so it looks like next week this time we'll be back above well at least near freezing if not above we we have temperatures into the upper 20s and lower 30s coming uh in the next week or so but we will chat about that when it happens, I guess. Right now, uh, I want to turn my attention to a couple of things. One, my good friend Chad Bowman was telling me that he has heard the great horned owls calling and this is the time of year when they begin to uh, get active and talk to one another. They're getting ready to nest. They will actually be laying their eggs in, in the next couple of weeks and those little babies will be born sometime in late February and uh, mom and dad will work really hard to make sure that they survive into the warmer weather of summer and we will see them out and about hopefully Uh, you seldom see the great horns they do not hunt during the day they are absolutely nighttime hunters and they are pretty secretive about where they hang out during the day because If they get discovered by the crows, they will have not a very restful day. The crows find great sport in chasing the great horned owls, and with good reason. Great horned owls eat a lot of crows, and uh, they they find out where the crows are roosting at night, and they zip in there, and the next thing you know, uh, it's a bedlam in the bed bedroom and uh, that's never a good thing if you're a crow and a great horned owl has come to the party it's uh, not how you want your day to end getting awakened in the middle of the night while your neighbor is getting (laughs) killed by a great horned owl has got to be a pretty shaky experience so they when they do find them when when the crows do find the great horned owls they are going to bring all sorts of grief on them during the day and sometimes if you want to see a great horned owl listen for the crows when they get really active and start really hammering something when you hear uh, hundreds of well dozens of crows screaming at the top of their voices you're probably if you wander in you will probably discover a great horned owl somewhere nearby an owl of one sex or or sport or another probably a great horned but it could be a barred owl this time of year Not a lot of other owls in the area. Not a lot of reason for owls to move south right now. The northern hawk owl, the great gray owl, the snowy owl, many of those owls, there's plenty of food and plenty of uh, territory up north. Uh, Food is the driving factor. And with low snow totals and warm weather, there's not much reason for them to come all the way south to northern Minnesota to, uh, to spend the winter. So if you are one of those people, lucky enough to see one of those odd owls, you are, uh, you are one of a few because there are not very many around this winter. And speaking of birds of that sort, uh, had a nice ride and conversation with, uh, Sean Conrad yesterday. It was Sean's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday a day late, Sean. Uh, but he and I had a wonderful birthday present yesterday. Uh, the higgs who own Bowen's Resort. Jen's is the manager, and Bill is Jen's father. And they were gracious enough to send me a note a couple of days ago about a gray-crowned rosy finch, which is a western bird, a mountain bird of the far west and seldom seen up this way. And They called and said there was one on their feeder, and I uh, asked if we might visit, and they said absolutely, come and have a look. And so yesterday morning, Sean and I visited the the uh, Bowen's Resort, which is on the north shore of Lake Winnie, and uh, and there, on their bird feeder, was this gorgeous what we think is a female gray crowned Rosie Finch. And she was pretty, just a gorgeous bird. Check our Facebook page on season watch and you will see a picture of her. And I thank Jens and bill for their kind hospitality. I asked them, I told them I was going to mention it today and they were completely okay with it. If you would like to maybe get a glimpse of this bird, you can go up there. Um, just follow the road to the end, and the feeder is right there. You can you can stop there and have a look. I would say don't uh, don't be a bother, but most of you birders know better than to be a bother. So if you uh, if you are in the area and you'd like to have a look at this unusual bird, uh, you might uh, head up that way and take a look. It is uh, it's a rare sighting. Sean said that uh, in the last ten years since two tooth- 2013, only five have been reported in Minnesota. So, only five sightings have been reported in Minnesota. So, pretty rare bird. As to how it got here, that will remain a mystery. Whether it came on the on the head of a uh, a head of a uh, weather system, or if it's just a finch that got its directions confused and uh, went marching about looking for food, one never knows. But It's found a pretty reliable source of food up there. They have a wonderful spread of uh, suet and seeds. Uh, A bird at Bowens Resort is a well-fed bird. We saw male and female red-bellied woodpeckers, uh, blue jays, chickadees, nuthatches, uh, the usual crowd. Uh, so there was a lot of things going on up there. But the gray-crowned Rosie Finch was quite a birthday present for Sean and for me uh, celebrating Sean's birthday. Uh, real experience. Had not ever seen one before and may never see another. But uh, now that I've seen one, I, I recognize them and I can't wait to see my second one. While uh, Sean and I were driving along, he was busy talking about all the things that he'd been observing as a birder over the last week or so. And uh, little to his knowledge, I I was keeping a mental list. (laughs) He talked about uh, golden eyes and uh, mallards and trumpeter swans and any number of waterfowl that he had seen on the sewage ponds here in Grand Rapids and on open water. And it's just a reminder that if you are near open water, uh, you should keep an eye on it because this is the time of year uh, where water, open water, becomes a real precious resource. And the, these uh, these birds, like the common goldeneye and the mallard and the trumpeter swan, uh, who have elected to stay the winter, will be looking for those kinds of places to check out. So. Don't uh, don't drive by open water without giving it a close examination. You may be rewarded with some real beautiful uh, sightings there with some of the waterfowl that are hanging out in the area. I took a trip over to Sac-Zim Bog on Sunday and uh, drove around for a bit and uh, poked my nose out a bit here and there and hoped to see an owl. I did not. What I did see was um, many flocks of pine siskins, and I watched one flock of pine siskins who spent a great deal of time gathering grit from the road. And when they weren't busy gathering grit from the road, they were flying into a a little swale of uh, speckled alders, and and I watched as they attacked the the little cones uh, on the speckled alders, and. We're busy eating the seeds from the speckled alders. And to that end, uh, looking at, you know, going out for a walk anywhere this time of year, if there are birches around, they're going to be birch seeds and bracts from the birches on the snow. And it doesn't matter if it snowed this morning and it did snow last night, a tiny dusting of snow, just enough to kind of cover what was here. But that l- new level of snow will quickly be covered with uh, pine siskin detritus which is the the bracts left over from the from the seed fruits on the birches and uh, they are pretty fond of that stuff the other thing i noticed up at Zim, and actually on the way over there and home was the contrast between uh like willows there are lots of different kinds of willows and each one seems to have a special color they're dark and sort of dark in the charcoal range of gray But the new growth at the tops can be bright orange, it can be bright yellow, it can be bright red, it can be deep red. There are just a myriad of colors of willows out there. So these things only grow to be maybe 10, 12 feet high. And they form this, in the aggregate, they form this wash of color, which is dark kind of charcoal gray, blending into maybe a deep burgundy or deep red at the top. And then just above that is that kind of grayish white of the aspens. And I was quite taken with the, with the beauty. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot to look at this time of year. But if you concentrate and, and let your eye wander a little bit and, and see things in the aggregate, you're going to see some very, very beautiful things out there, some really lovely color contrasts. In my conversation with Chad Bowman about the uh, great horned owls calling by his house, he, by the way, lives up by Deer Lake, uh, we had uh, a little side discussion about voles and their absence this winter. Normally, like underneath my feeder, the the snow banks look like Swiss cheese because the voles tunnel under the snow and they pop out and they dash out and grab a sunflower seed and then they dash back in. And this year there are no holes, none. I'm not seeing any voles around my feeder. I don't know if it's because they have uh, great sources of food elsewhere or if the numbers of voles are down. But in the past. I have had a great number of voles around my feeder and a barred owl that lives there that uh, hangs out around the feeder to uh, help himself to those voles that are careless and uh, and so uh, I'm not seeing a lot of that this winter I'm I'm A little, uh, I'm not concerned, but uh, maybe your experience is the same, or maybe the voles are all at your house. I don't know. I'll just have to uh, wait and see what what comes in over the transom. If you have notes about voles, I'd love to hear it. Um, I did go out with my fourth graders over at West Elementary School the last week, Tuesday, and we found lots of holes in the snow that were probably made by voles. But none of the voles ventured out of the holes. We did not see tracks out on the surface of the snow. We merely saw these holes where they could have poked their heads out and gone, oh, too cold for me. I'm going back. So let me know what's going on for voles in your area. And finally, I don't know if you've been watching the skies at all, but uh, we've had a couple of clear days lately. And clear, not not just absolutely clear, stone-clear skies, but partially clear skies with some high icy clouds, probably some cirrus clouds or maybe not quite that high. I don't know. But there were there were sun dogs and a circumhelical arc. <laughs> it's a big name for that rainbow that kind of circles the sun. And if the sun were just a little bit higher, that circle would be complete. But right now it runs into the, into the earth. <laughs> That circle is at 22 degrees from the sun, and it is caused by sunlight striking ice particles that are uh, six-sided and and sort of aligned. Think of uh, think of a uh, your Ticonderoga pencil, and cut it into short little chunks. And think of the sky full of those little hexagonal crystals like that. And when the sun hits them at just the right angle, they reflect that sunlight out, uh, or they they uh, break up that sunlight into prismatic uh, colors and what I first noticed was a couple of sun dogs two bright spots one at six o'clock and one at, or three o'clock and one at nine o'clock relative to the sun and they were quite bright one day and then later that same day as the uh, cloud cover increased uh, that that those two sun dogs sort of morphed into this circle that Ran from, uh, well, using the same clock face, ran from about uh, 8 o'clock all the way around to about 4 o'clock. But between 4 and 8, uh, the Earth got in the way. Now, as we move further into spring and the Sun gets a little higher, there's a good chance that you'll see a complete circle. It has to be, the Sun needs to be like 22 and a half degrees above the surface of the Earth in order to see that complete circumhelical arc. But when that happens, it's a pretty special day, and that could be uh, late February, early March. But after that, the sun gets a little too high, and if you're going to see sundogs or even a circumhelical arc, it's going to happen early in the day or in the late afternoon, but not during the peak of the day because the sun will be too high, which is why you don't see sun dogs in the summertime. That's the Phenology Show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you have comments, questions, or observations you want to share, please send them along. I can be reached at jlatimer at kaxe.org or you can send them to comments at kaxe.org. I'd love to hear from you.